0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to my Friends with Wheels podcast. Today I talk with Maureen DeCost of Ability Now. She talks to me about what Ability Now is, what it does for people with disabilities in terms of finding independence, seeking employment, and a bunch of other things. Anyway, I hope you tune in for this episode. Enjoy! OK, so um, thank you so much for doing this podcast with me. I appreciate it. Um, so first off, I just wanted to ask, like, what is Ability Now and how did it get started?
1: Ah, all right. So Ability Now Bay, Bay Area is a day program for adults with disabilities. We have been around for 83 years. It was originally started by parents who had children um, that had cerebral palsy. And it was just a group of them. And then they initially, their their initial organization name was um, the, the Spastic Children's Society, not very political correct, but that was 1939. And then eventually it did become the Cerebral Palsy Center of the Bay Area. And then in 2015, uh, 2015, yeah. The name actually changed to Ability Now Bay Area for two reasons. Uh first, we you know, we we serve individuals with other disabilities besides cerebral palsy, um, even though that is the you know the core group of people who attend here. And then also we really wanted to put a focus more on the abilities of individuals who live with a disability instead of focusing on specific. You know, disability, so to speak, because we look at it as people just have different abilities and how they get through life with those abilities is dependent on the tools that are available to help them. We all need tools to get through life. I have sciatic nerve damage, I have tools that help me get through my day with that. So it's just, it just varies. So that is a bit of the history of the organization. It was actually originally designed uh the building itself was built in 1956 it's almost 30,000 square feet it was originally designed for children because they could not you know uh, access the school systems and then of course the federal laws changed killed you know kids with disabilities were allowed into the school systems and so we actually became a day program um because after you're out of the school system many people didn't really have Any place else to go. And so we are modeled on an educational uh, system. We have classes along with other services and programs.
0: Cool. Um, So if I could just like get into like what sort of the services that you provide at your organization.
1: Sure. So we have a community integration, which we have a couple buses. We take participants out into the community, you know, on the day that they want to go out. And that's anything from going to an A's game, yay A's, uh, (laughs) out to the museum. Maybe they just wanna go shopping, maybe go out to lunch. Um, So that's one of the, the services. We have a wellness program, which provides adaptive yoga and Feldenkrais therapy because so many of our participants are in wheelchairs all day that they, as they get older, they get stiff, they get achy, sore. And so, this allows them to find ways to relieve a lot of that pressure and that, that stiffness that they get all the time. Like, we'll actually take a lot of the participants out of the wheelchairs and give them the opportunity to stretch out. And, you know, the, the instructors work with them to help relieve pain that they have. We have a horticulture program where our participants learn how to grow their own herbs and veggies. And we are putting in a whole new um, ADA learning kitchen that's going to be starting, they're gonna start construction on that in about three months. And that will be uh, completely designed for somebody who's in a wheelchair, or maybe they're they are they're able to walk, but they have other issues. And it's, it's absolutely amazing. I mean, the design of it is incredible. So that will work hand in hand with that, uh, with the horticulture program. And we have a small business program. We have participants here that want to start their own business, but they need supports. And so we provide that support. and that includes creating a roadmap for them on how to start their business, what the benchmarks are, and then supporting them afterwards. And then we have the Laura Long Technology Center. It is a huge room with 26 different computers, and they all have um, a different adaptability considering on what somebody's limitation may be to access a computer, whether they need to use a switch or a plate on top of the keyboard, because if they have a lot of movement issues, it allows them to be able to type a little bit easier. We have um, we have some participants where they put a dot on their head and they use a transmitter to click. And we actually even have one where it's a it's a like a, a, a blow straw, because we do have a couple of participants that are fairly immobile, but it allows them to blow the straw onto the computer and to be able to click through that way. So, and then of course our classes, which is everything from, you know, I actually teach a class on the constitution and knowing your rights, self-advocacy. Sports classes, um, relationships and sexuality with disabilities, um, you know, different different classes like that.
0: Cool. Um. So, like, what are the, some of the kinds of things that you do in the community? Like, what's what sort of stakeholders do you partner with in your efforts?
1: Ah, good question. So, you know. In California, the design is we work with what's called regional centers. So we work within two different counties. We cover two different counties. And the regional center um, actually reaches out when somebody ages out of the school system and their family says, you know, we want to find a good program for them. We want to find one that's a good fit. They basically will recommend somebody for our program. And so they come in, they tour, they see if it's a good fit. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. It just depends. Um, Oftentimes, you know, I would say probably 80% of the participants that attend here use a wheelchair because we do offer full supports, and that's including personal care, whether that's in the bathroom or assistance when eating in the dining room, you know, or whatever else that they may need. Um, And also along with that, we actually partner with Google, we've partnered with Google a couple times as far as designing uh, a spoon that will help people uh, eat more independently, it levels out, it's called, I think it's called the level, I can't remember what it is. So we'll actually a lot of our participants become, I guess, guinea pigs might be the right word, as far as working with a lot of the tech companies here to see if a technology that they are working on is feasible and will actually work for somebody um, who has a disability um and beyond that we just have you know local stakeholders like we work with different schools out here um you know religious organizations who support us and uh, that's about it
0: <laughs> yeah that, that's awesome uh so like um what impact does your organization have on people with disabilities? Like when they enter like your program, do they feel like they have a sense of like, you know, self-esteem, you know, self-confidence? If you could just elaborate on that. Sure,
1: so as you as you may be aware, the disability community is really moving towards the idea of person-centeredness, right? Creating your own person-centered plan, person-centered thinking, which I think we've always been ahead of the curve on that. And so when somebody does come into the program, you know, they have a program counselor that they work with and an advisor, and they design their own person-centered plan. Like, what do you want to achieve in your life? What do you want to achieve while you're here? What are those things that you are interested in learning? that you may not have the opportunity outside of our program. And so we work with each participant to design that person-centered plan. And that includes understanding, you know, there may be some limitations in what they want, you know, or there may be obstacles or, you know, understanding. So let's say that somebody says, well, I want to eat ice cream every single day. Well, that's fine we can put that into your plan but also understand the repercussions of that (laughs) and so that's really what we focus on and that's why we actually offer a lot of the self-advocacy classes um you know learning how to communicate for yourself um you know different types of classes like that did that i hope that answered your question
0: (laughs) Oh, oh yeah yeah it does yeah it does absolutely um if i could just like ask um this last question of like because i know there's a lot of stigma within the disability community um, so what i'm wondering is how do you tackle that sort of you know stigma around you know disability and ableism from your perspective as an organiz- as an organization yeah
1: that's that's a great question because you know we've actually have had well we have board members who admitted after becoming close to the, a lot of the participants here, that they were afraid of somebody with a disability. They didn't know how to speak to them. They didn't know, you know, how do I how do I, even just you know, be around somebody with a disability? And it really is a matter of bringing people in to meet our participants, to see what they do, to talk to them. I mean, we have participants, especially in our small business program, who, one of them in particular, she's an incredible artist and designer, and she's a writer. You know, we've we've published her stuff. This is what Monique does. Read about... ...her cerebral palsy, and raising a child who has, you know, a, a slight developmental disability. And it's oftentimes bringing people in and actually touring our program to see what we have to offer. And it's also working with the school systems to have them come in and meet some of our participants and do a tour. So we try to do a lot of that out into the community. And, um, you know, and and families, we have many, obviously a lot of families who have friends who they will bring in to understand what it is like to be a family member with somebody with disability and the stigmas that are related to that. So a lot of it also, that's also part of the community integration part of it, which is, you know, taking participants out into the community and participating in programs or, you know, participating in a ball game or whatever, the same as anybody else. Um, Does that help?
0: (laughs) Yeah, it does. Yeah, it makes total sense. I agree, yeah. There's a lot of, like, ways to combat that, but I'm, I'm sure there's still a lot of work to be done to, like, you know, make sure everybody has a place at the table and that there's equity across the board. Um, Yeah, so, okay. That about um, covers everything. Everybody, that does it for today's episode of my Friends with Wheels podcast. Today, I talked with Maureen DeCost of Ability Now. She and I talked about a bunch of different things with regards to how people with disabilities can be more independent, self sufficient, and be capable of doing things by themselves. Anyway, I hope you tune in for more episodes of this podcast. Till then, I hope you have a wonderful day. Bye-bye, everybody.